holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, everybody, to another Arscast on arsblog.com in association with classicfootballshirts.co.uk where you can find real, authentic, and genuine classic football shirts from years gone by. Uh, no replicas, no cheap fakes, not like the crap you can see on eBay. These are the real deal. So get down there if you're looking for a classic football shirt for somebody for Christmas. Uh, that's the place to go, classicfootballshirts.co.uk. As you might hear, I have a bit of a cold, which is a pain because it's making me talk out my nose, which makes me sound a little bit like Trevor Francis. And having had to suffer uh, through him and that fucking painful cunt, Alan Parry, uh, in commentary for the Fulham game, I can only apologize if I'm bringing back bad memories for you. Um, what have we got on the show today? We have got uh, Bet of the Week. With thanks to bluesquare.com, we've got Arsene Wenger-Hawkins. We have got a blog chat this week with Amy Lawrence, a journalist with The Observer. And there's probably some other stuff in there as well, but uh, my head is spinning and not feeling very well this morning. So um, you'll just have to be surprised at what it might be. So what a miserable week it's been for Arsenal fans. Um, last Saturday, uh, I was confident. Last week on the Arscast, I, I spoke about how I thought we could beat Bolton, how I thought the players would be really up for it, how I thought uh, that given the disappointments we've had there in the past, they'd know how uh, how big a game this was for the fans, and our performance would reflect that. Sadly, uh, it wasn't to be. We played a 4-5-1 with Adebayor up front, and we were pretty hopeless, uh, I have to say. Much better in the second half, but the first half was just, uh, was just dire. By that stage, we'd given them two goals. Uh, we hadn't given them two goals. Uh, certainly, we gave them the first one, and Anelka scored, uh, uh, scored a cracker. How typical was it that he, who has done nothing since he came back to England, uh, manages to pick up his form just in time to play us. Um, so, ended up 3-1, and uh, I suppose you get used to losing away to Bolton. Um, what you don't get used to is losing to Fulham. This is a team that we, you know, regularly beat by three, four goals. Uh, the best I think they've ever done against us is a 1-1 draw or a 0-0 draw when van der Sar, I remember, had a brilliant game at Craven Cottage a couple of seasons back. But uh, on Wednesday night, um, that was that was just not nice to watch. Uh, I think the manager got it wrong with his team selection. I don't know why Alex Song is anywhere near our first team. And I understand the need uh, to rest Fabregas, uh, especially with the games we've got coming up with Spurs. Porto and Chelsea coming up I think uh, it's it's absolutely necessary to give the young man a rest but what I do think is that it shows um, the lack of depth that we have in our squad uh, when Alex Song is playing instead of Cesc Fabregas how is that any kind of a replacement for such a talent like Cesc what makes it even more frustrating I suppose is that we left Julio Baptista uh, at home he was rested entirely for that game Um I have no idea why. Maybe the manager has big plans for him for the uh, for the games ahead. But uh, you have to think that had we played Baptista and Gilberto in midfield, they complement each other quite well. Uh, Baptista's uh, more attacking. Gilberto can sit back and do what he does best, which is 
pass the ball to the opposition as far as I can see. Uh, but anyway, uh, if Baptista had been playing, maybe it would be different. The fact is, we didn't get the rests Esk all that much. He came on and played 45 minutes in the second half because after 10, 15 minutes, it was painfully obvious that, that Song was uh, completely out of his depth. So manager has got to take some responsibility uh, for that, uh, for the team selection. And with Spurs coming up on Saturday, um, we can only hope that they turn it around this time and that uh, the... Uh, the performance we hope for against Fulham uh, is being saved for this Saturday at the Grove. Now, on to this week's blog chat. Uh, this week I'm not talking to an Arsenal blogger, but an Arsenal fan who's a journalist for The Observer, and that's Amy Lawrence. I spoke to Amy on Thursday morning after the Fulham game the night before, so we talked about that, uh, how we might go about changing things, um, not in the way that you might think. I think we have to go into the transfer market. Amy doesn't seem to think that that's uh, going to happen. Uh, you can hear why, her thoughts on that, and on the Spurs game this Saturday. Uh, so without further ado, here's Amy Lawrence from The Observer, on this week's blog chat. Okay, uh, this week we welcome to the blog chat uh, Amy Lawrence from The Observer. Welcome to the Arscast. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Now, you were at the, the Fulham game uh, on Wednesday night. Um, a depressing performance, a depressing result. Where do you think we went wrong? Um, the team sheet wasn't a great place to start, uh, particularly in the inclusion of Alex Song, who's obviously coming for a lot of stick from uh, fans who were there and probably fans who weren't there and Certainly the assembled media were uh, not wasting any opportunity to um, ridicule uh, an inclusion of a player who doesn't look anywhere near capable of uh, of top premiership football, never mind mid-range premiership football. Um, I mean, I thought watching Song was a bit like watching a car crash, but I thought it was easy to uh, blame the likes of him. But... Really, as of last season, there were some more senior players who were equally deserving of, of some of the finger-pointing. And I think when you've got players of the uh, experience of Lehman, Colo, Torres, Gilberto Silva, Haleb, Rizitsky, Van Persie and uh, Henri on, uh, on the pitch, um, so perhaps some of them ought to have stood up and been counted a little bit more than, than they did. Um, Anyone in particular? Um, no, it? I would say pretty much all of them were, were a disappointment. I wouldn't want to f point the blinger, finger of blame at one any more than the other because I thought all round it was a team that lacked confidence, lacked gumption, lacked decisiveness, uh, lacked will to win or, or a refusal to lose that, you know, back in the old days was something a lot of us grew up watching and expecting from an Arsenal team. You know, the teams of the past might not have had the qualities that technically that some of the current uh, players have but there was a, a certain feeling that an Arsenal team would just not give in very easily and, and conceding these early goals is, is a sign of a team that gives in easily. Yeah, um, I think uh, we've gone from, you know, like you say, a team in the past that always gave everything while not technically brilliant from being a team that, that had a great combination, a great mix of, of uh, players that would stick their foot in and very good technical players to a team, as somebody described to me last night, as a team of twinkle toes who, who really do lack a, a physical sort of a presence. Would you subscribe to the theory that uh, a lot of people are, are talking about the, this morning in particular, that the team lacks um, uh, an Englishness or a British and Irish contingent to, to complement the technical skills that, that the foreigners bring? Well, the, the the evidence is very much there. I mean, what you, you talk about the Twinkle Toes, there was something uh, at the film game that actually made me laugh. It was so absurd, where Arsenal had a corner kick at one point, and bearing in mind 
the damage caused by corner kicks that the opposition seemed to sling in. Um, uh, Omri and Wazitski sort of faffed about with it uh, uh, and the corner flag and didn't even manage to get the, the ball across. They were too busy twinkle-toeing around and you just thought, well, that sums it all up, really. I mean, you talk about the, the, the British and Irishness um, qualities that that Arsenal lack. And I think it is a problem, and it's not just so much a problem on the field, because... I, I always resent that feeling that, oh, there's not enough English or British players, in the sense that someone like Patrick Vieira could not, I think, in his heyday, have given more or put more tackles in or been more um, of a leader sure. than than any other player. And, you know, the same goes for Colo on his day. The same goes for a lot of years of Henri, where, what, do you want to swap him for an English centre-forward? Well, no, thank you, you know. Um, but I think one of the things that's most interesting is... is if you go to the training ground, most of the players, they come into work, they do their training, they don't even stick around for lunch, and they all go home and do their own thing. Now, that's something where when you compare it to, obviously, Chelsea is uh, a, a sort of devil um, as far as Arsenal's concerned, but one thing that John Terry does in a very typical English leadership style is he's the sort of social secretary, and he makes damn sure that everybody is involved all the time in, in kind of camaraderie, I think the, the, the players, even though they've got a lot of foreigners as well as English core, will stick around after training. There's always jokes and laughter coming from the training ground, that kind of idea. And they've generated a bond and a closeness that you could see on the pitch. Now, that's a bit lacking from Arsenal, and you can feel it on a day-to-day -day basis at the training ground, and I think that transmits itself to what you see on the pitch sometimes. OK, but where, um, given the fact that I think almost everybody agrees that, that we're lacking leadership, um, maybe on, on the pitch, certainly maybe off the pitch as well, as you say. Where is that going to come from, um, from the current pool of players that we have? Funnily enough, I was thinking about this last night, and I think probably the most important signing that Arsenal could make at the moment is not a player. I would really like to see a change or, of coaching staff. That's not to say that necessarily somebody has to go, but I think we can augment what we already have. That the same staff have been at the club pretty much since Arsene Wenger arrived 10 years ago. Um, there's a new goalkeeping coach that's changed over the years a bit, but basically it's Arsene, Pat Rice, Bora, and you know a few other sort of people who kind of are in and out. And I think the, the way that they do things, um, the ideals that they have. It, there's something that needs to change and when you have the same people making the same decisions and giving the same speeches over a long period of time what what's going to make them change so can you imagine if uh, one day this week or next week Arsene Wenger announced at a press conference um, we're going to promote Steve Bold or Martin Keown who's, been, who's around the club quite a lot is going to come in or even somebody new from outside but somebody who brings different qualities who can work with the players on a daily basis who can maybe give them 10 minutes every day doing some practice on corner kicks, who can maybe give them a bit of uh, work instilling a kind of uh, a, a unit idea in the back four rather than four individuals who, if it works and they keep the opposition out, great. But if it doesn't, well, we all know what, what's going to come from that. And there are some very, very obvious weaknesses uh, in the current team. And that comes, a lot of that stems from a lack of organisation and even respect for the power of set pieces. And that's something that has to change. And if Arsene Wenger doesn't want to change it himself, bring somebody in who will. Okay, so you think um, 
the the, the coaching side of things has got, has gone a bit stale. The same ideas, well, the same routines or lack of routines as it might be because famously, you know, we hear they don't they don't practice set pieces very much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just what I think is is obvious is that there's not a lot of room for maneuver as far as playing staff is concerned. So I think given the financial constraints of the new stadium, what Arsenal has is what Arsenal gets. Um, I don't anticipate any great movement on, in the transfer window in January, and I think if there is, it'll be because somebody leaves for somebody to come in. So there's not going to be much going on there. Um, so the current squad of players, and let's, be, let's remember that it was only about a month ago after the Man United uh, uh, game, the great win at Old Trafford and then the fantastic performance at Reading, where the general feeling amongst uh, the football public, not just Arsenal supporters, is what a strong squad it looked like Arsenal suddenly had. You know, with competition for places, with options. You look at uh, centre-back, this Colo Torre, um, Senderos, Galas, Juru, and then up front, you've got Van Persie, Adebayor, Henri, Walcott to come in. Uh, midfield, Diaby will come back. Uh, obviously, Sesk, Gilberto, Leb, Rizitsky. It looks like there was a lot of options and a lot of quality all over the place. And then you look at the Fulham game, and you just don't recognise the team. Arsenal are the, are the biggest confidence team in Premiership. Do you think maybe we've got too many players who are who are similar? Because Sesk, Rosicki, uh, and Leb. Uh, Tony Adams used to always say that. Uh, when Arsenal went away from home, we shouldn't play uh, Freddie Jumberg and Robert Pires at the same time because they're two similar players. They don't offer enough protection. Do you think that's a case with those three in particular, that they're, they're small, quick, technical players, but um, what we don't have in midfield is maybe the physical presence that could push things on a bit? Name me one Arsenal player who loves a tackle. Name me one Arsenal midfield player who loves putting his foot in. I, well, Sesk, can do it, but he can't do it for four people. He can't do it up against Michael Brown and um, uh, the wardrobe of Fulham, who were, you know, sort of monster presences for them. And uh, it's, I feel for Seth this season because I think he's actually had an outstanding season. He's put in some superb performances this season in games that Arsenal have struggled in. And I think it must be very frustrating when, as an individual, you play very well and you, you come off beaten. Um, or with the draw, and you've deserved to win uh, in a few games. Um, and there is so much optimism uh, for the future of this team, but it is terribly difficult to stomach the present, specifically when, for a long time, Arsenal have been used to competing and, and worrying about how Man United and Chelsea are doing. And now, at the moment, it's a case of a bit changing the sightlines and, and looking to the Villas and Boltons and so on and making sure that... That you can you can finish in the top four. Um, okay, but I mean, is is that not then a uh, a clear indication that, given the playing staff we have, that the manager needs to go into the transfer market in January and bring in, uh, and I'm I've been trying to think about it all morning who it might be, but bring in more physical players, someone who likes a tackle, whether they're English, Irish, or from you know Botswana, I don't care, but uh, it's obvious that that's missing from the team. How is he going to address that problem? I know we have Diaby to come back, but how, how is that problem ever going to be solved unless we, we, we do something about it with the checkbook? Well, it's tricky because the checkbook is, is not very much at, at Arsenal's disposal at the moment. 
Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time. Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. So... You have to try and find an alternative way, and that might mean um, make, taking a big gamble and, and, and changing things around and playing um, somebody that you don't expect in central midfield. Uh, maybe when Lauren comes back, maybe Diaby will be the answer. Maybe Juru, who's a player I've got a lot of time for, uh, and who in his youth was a midfield player rather than defender, would be a very, very interesting option as a, as a defensive midfield player. Uh, maybe some people talk about Colo Torre. I think he's put far too valuable at centre-back to consider taking him out of that position. But some people would like to see him playing as a sort of action man, midfield player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, uh, even Freddie Jungberg, who is not everybody's cup of tea um, and certainly can't beat men anymore for pace, what he can do is fight. And if he plays in central midfield where it's not about necessarily about beating your man and putting in crosses, which he can't do anymore, I think Freddie's been quite effective in uh, central midfield. He was last season in the Champions League run. So there are options within the squad that, that need to be tried out. Um, it's never easy to experiment when the team is low on confidence. But I guess that that's really the only option available to Arsene at the moment. OK, so, I mean, literally his hands are tied, checkbook is is closed, you think? That's my understanding of it, yes. Okay. Well, that, that's something that a, a number of people have commented on. A lot of people email me about Colo in midfield, um, and I'm, I sort of share your view on that, that he's, he's too good at centre-half to, to move into midfield. But Juru, I think, could be a very interesting option. Okay, on Saturday, the first visit of uh, Spurs to, to the new stadium. What, what have you made of Spurs this season? They seem to, to start badly, but they look like they're... They're beginning to find a bit of form. Well, in many ways, a bit like Arsenal, Spurs have been up and down this season. Um, there have been times when Arsenal felt they didn't get the results that their performances warranted. And I think some Spurs fans would argue the same of their spell earlier on in the season when they, they couldn't seem to score for love nor money. Um, I, I would expect only the usual... Um, from, from a derby, I don't think the change of venue is going to make much difference to that. And obviously, Tottenham are going to come in with the kind of incentive that uh, every other team this season has, has had, which is just play for corners. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a tactic that seems to have been very, very rewarding. And if I was Tottenham, that's something I'd be making central to the plan: is just get as many uh, set pieces as, as you can in the first ten, fifteen minutes. Um, they've got to. Uh, at present, more players who look like scoring than Arsenal because some of their forwards who have started off so badly have found a little bit of form. Um, 
it's so much up to Arsenal to, to approach it in the right way. And I think when you compare it to the, the game last season, and the situation is not dissimilar in a way. Um, I think Spurs quite fancied themselves last season to get a result at Highbury. Uh, and Arsenal didn't really approach it with nearly anywhere near the right level of commitment. Um, and obviously saved the day with a smashing piece of individual skill from Henry. And I, I think this year, again, Tottenham will certainly watch the videos of the Bolton and uh, Fulham games and think, oh, we fancy ourselves here. Um, and it's essential that Arsenal approach the game and early kickoffs don't tend to bring out the best of <laughs> of Arsenal till at least half-time. Um, that they start bright and sharp and uh, don't don't make any silly mistakes. And you, you've, got to, you've got to remember as well that the knock-on effect of, of Porto, which is massive now. I mean, the Tottenham game isn't just about Tottenham. It's it's about preparing well for for Porto and the importance of getting the required result there cannot be underestimated at the moment because I don't think anybody wants to imagine how winter will look if the championship's out of sight, uh, the team's erratic, even re-qualifying for the Champions League looks a bit dicey and there's no Champions League to look forward to in uh, February. That would be a very, very long, dark winter. So Arsenal have got, in many ways, there's so much, there's so much to play for and you would take three draws in the next three games just to solidify, just to save a bit of faith against the likes of, of, of uh, Tottenham and Chelsea and to ensure... Um, qualification for the knockout stages of the Champions League. I'm sure sitting here today looking at a big, big week, everybody wants to do really well and get some wins, but if you if you could offer any combination of wins and defeats or, or three draws, I think I think Wenger would have to take three draws. Hmm. Time to stand up and be counted then for some of them. Well, what's, what's uh, worrying is that you can't you can't uh, imagine that this team is going to going to get a draw necessarily although obviously all Arsenal been doing is drawing 1-1 at the new stadium virtually but they don't look like a team that is capable of really playing for a draw at the moment because the solidity is not there but this is a very very good opportunity to to make it happen and I think if somehow they the the results can come in these next three games however it will um, maybe be a bit of a springboard to try and get some of that confidence back and I'm absolutely convinced a bit like Arsenal that once the confidence does come back this is a team with great football in it and with great hunger and great results in it how quickly that comes is debatable but it's it's definitely there and it just they've got to stop feeling sorry for themselves and find it that was Amy Lawrence from The Observer. And thank you very much to Amy for taking the time to talk to the Arsecast this week. Uh, some interesting points there, particularly about the coaching, I thought. And I suppose a lot of people will pick up on the fact that um, she seems to think the checkbook is closed. So whatever solutions we have uh, to our problems at the moment, they've got to come from what's there already. So that's uh, that's going to make things <laughs> a little bit interesting. Anyway, thanks again to Amy. And we'll have another blog chat next week. Now, a lot of people don't know this. In fact, nobody really knows this. But I'm an expert at doing impressions of people in the football world. Alistair McGowan, forget him. Rory Brenner, Mike Yarwood, amateurs compared to me. Uh, and from now on, I'm going to be doing uh, one every week. Or indeed, I may just do one this week and leave it at that. Anyway, uh, this is my impression of former Liverpool captain Emlyn Hughes. Hello, I'm 
former Liverpool captain, Emlyn Hughes, and I'm dead. Uncanny, eh? I thought you'd be impressed. Okay, uh, like all of you, uh, the main man in the wheelchair with the voice box, he loves Arsenal, he loves the boys, but he's been a little upset this week because of what he considers a lack of aggression on the part of the players. So to uh, explain a little bit further, here is Arsene Wenger Hawkins. Dear Arsenal players, I love you all very much because you are Arsenal players. I love some of you more than others, but I would fight a pitch battle for you against Sabretooth Tigers, and possibly against Paris Hilton's Quim, although the evil stench from there might be too much for me. I would defend you to the last. If a Manchester United or Chelsea fan was in the pub taking the piss out of you, I would say, hey, come here, lean down so I can tell you this funny joke. Closer. Closer. Just a little closer, then I would glass them, the cunt. However, at the moment you are pissing me off. If I would fight for you, and remember that I am far less mobile and early than you, then I expect you to fight for me. I don't mean that you should go around beating up people at my command, although that would be freaky sweet. I mean that when you are on the pitch you should not look like a pack of fucking fairies. Football is very simple. 1. Don't let them score. 2. Score more goals than them. That's it. Even when kids can do it and I spent some time coaching in the chimpanzee league when I was a young man, so I know what I'm talking about. To stop them scoring you can do lots of things, chief of which is tackling. You can also head the ball before the opposition, kick them up into the air, foul them, nickel them, kick their ankles, put your thumb up their anus as they wait for corners, things like that. You play good football, boys, but you're too nice. No more laughing and joking with cunts like Haji Haji, Jeff or Teddy, the enormous cunt, sharing them. At least if you talk to them you could poison them like I poisoned that Russian spy. I want to see you fight like gypsies in a car park, and God help me if you don't beat Spurs I will go nuclear on your asses. Oh yes. And we'll have more from Arsene Wenger Hawkins next week. Now, time for some of your questions and comments that you've left on the uh, state-of-the-art Ars blog. Leave your own audio comment thingy device that I set up there the other week. Uh, first question comes from uh, an Ars blog forumer. Hello, blogger. It's Gail Clichy-Estrez, repeat. After this summer's transfer activity, most of us on the forum seem to think that the squad was in a pretty good shape, but recent results seem to suggest otherwise. Do you think we need to buy in January? Well, hello, Gail Clichy's Trace Rapide, if that is your real name. Uh, I've thought long and hard about your question. A very good question it is, too. Very well presented, nicely articulated, and having thought about it for, for quite some time and, and considered all the possibilities, the answer I've come up with is yes. Now, after the Bolton game last Saturday, I'm sure some of you are listening to the BBC The Phone-In Show on 606 with Alan Green. Uh, Tony from Gloucestershire certainly was. I'll let him take up the story. This is excellent. Yeah, hello everybody. Uh, my name's Tony from Gloucestershire. Uh, I was wondering if anybody was watching the uh, 606 on Saturday night uh, on Five Live after the disappointment of the Bolton game. Just wanted to uh, sh share this with you. Some guys summing up an Elka very well, actually. But how did Bolton play otherwise? I mean, did you... um, well, you know, I mean, first half, I think, you know, I don't think we were as good as we were in the second half, but second half we were amazing but it's just the refereeing again and it is and I do think that Allardyce has bullied the referees so hard into believing that they're the bullied team and I think it's a load of rubbish what about Nelka? 
You're all, you're all black. There is a wanker, isn't it? Uh, oh, enough. Thank you very much indeed, Tim. Uh, not for that comment, for which we apologise for. I'm um, sorry, that's not the sort of thing we should have on any programme at Five Live. And, uh, Tim, don't do it, boy. Well done to Tim. Don't do it, boy. What a patronising fucker that Alan Green is, eh? Um, and you can say that on the Arse Blog Arsecast. We're not restricted like those at the BBC. We can call people wankers and cunts and bastards and dirty donkey raping fuckbags all we want. Um, this is the joy of arsecasting. Uh, but well done to Tim anyway for uh, summing up Anelka uh, so very, very well. Okay, so the final point I want to uh, uh, discuss today on this part of the show, um, and it's an email that I get... Um, at least five times a week, especially now that the Arscasts are on. People think, and I agree with them, that we lack a bit of a physical presence in midfield. And, and for me, I'd like to get a big, strong guy, uh, Vieira style, I suppose you would say, in alongside Sesk, who can win the ball, um, put himself about, kick people in the air a bit, then give the ball to Sesk and let him do the things that he's really good at. I think we're, we're losing a bit of what Sesk does because, um, uh, all credit to him, he tries to get involved physically. He's not one to shirk a tackle but I don't think that's the best part of his game obviously he's a he's a creative player people want to know should we play Colo in midfield and uh, I can see where they're coming from in a way because he's uh, he's strong he's brave he's fast he heads the ball well he's got physical presence but I think it would be a mistake to move Colo into midfield simply because uh, he's uh, he's a top-class central defender and it's probably easier to find a, a midfielder um, than it is to find a central defender that good um, I wouldn't be half surprised if we don't buy anyone in January and we do uh, lack this physical presence and, and it becomes more and more apparent that maybe Johan Juru, as a, a reader on the Arscast or a listener to the Arscast, suggested a few weeks back, he did start his career there, even though he's been moved back to centre-half. But when we have Colo, Gallas, Senderos and Juru, I think we run the risk of losing one of them, um, particularly one of the two young Swiss boys, and I don't think we should let that happen. If it means playing Juru in the centre in the centre of midfield, I think that's maybe something we should look at in the future, but I don't agree uh, with moving Colo into midfield from central defence. And that's it for this part of the show. Thank you for all your questions and comments and suggestions. If you want to get in touch via email, it's arscast at arsblog.com. That's arscast at arsblog.com. And if you want to leave an audio message via your own computer, feel free to do so. Go to the Arscast page, which you can access by clicking on the link on the right-hand side of the main Arsblog page. Uh, you'll find full instructions there. So leave your message, and uh, maybe we'll use it next week. Okay, now on to our bet of the week with thanks to bluesquare.com. Uh, that's www.bluesq.com. This week, Simon Wolf says, The Gunners have developed the nasty habit of going 1-0 down in games this season, especially at Ashburton Grove. However, Arsenal can be backed at 8-1 to to come from behind and beat Spurs on Saturday. So if you fancy the Gunners to go a goal down, or two goals down, or four goals down, and come back and win the game, you can get 8-1 to one on that at bluesquare.com. That's www.bluesq.com. And that's it for another Arsecast, with thanks to classicfootballshirts.co.uk. There'll be another one along next week, same time, same place. Hope you enjoyed it. Feedback and comments, uh, uh, all welcome as usual, through the usual media, via email, via the audio thingy, uh, carrier pigeon, messenger, uh, horseback, pony express, uh, brick through the window, however you want to express your feelings. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for downloading. Uh, fingers crossed for the weekend. I'm going to go down the pub on Saturday morning and watch uh, Arsenal versus Spurs. I know I'm going to have a hangover. I need the boys to cure me. So fingers crossed we get the result we need. Until next week, bye.
holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply.